This is a fourth-hand production. You know, if you look at, like, when we first had what we call medicine, you know, fuck, we didn't right. know what it was at all, so we're going with book. You know, there's a lot of doctors that slash were barbers, too, or the local yeah. butcher, and they were just trying to, you know, read through books, and, hey, this herb might do this, and, up, oh, don't make them drink that because they die in two days. I mean, yeah. <laughs> this is a problem with, you know, great knowledge is a great thing, but, you know, you have to work through it, and... Uh, I guess at the end of the day, some eggs get broken in that mix. So, story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Uh, are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental? I don't know. Planes that they're building. Police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. There's this weird animal-like creature that was shot. Wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. And welcome to Strange Uncles. I'm Shane. Uh, are you though? <laughs> Metaphorically speaking, maybe. I mean, <laughs> it's been a fucking week, dude. Sure? <laughs> oh man. Uh, oh. I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm Josh. I guess. Yeah, dude. I tell you, like honestly, it's just been a week. It has been crazy, crazy trying to get everything between work and you know travel and ah, it's been a been a thing. So. But anyway, um, but no, so welcome everybody, Strange Uncles. This is a new episode. Um, for those of you who are devout listeners, which I don't know if I'd use that word too often with our listeners, however. <laughs> yeah, I hope not. We're not very smart. There's no reason to be devout to us about anything. Right, exactly. Um, this is dropping a little late than, you know, usually we bring it out on Sundays, but man, it's just been, like I said, it's been been a thing. Um, but anyway, so this should drop here uh, today, you know, Monday, we're recording. Uh, and then we'll go from there as we kind of, you know, we work on wrapping up the first season. Uh, we got a lot of stuff going on. I know, like, and I told you, man, I think, right? Uh, yeah, I'm so I'm flying to Ohio for work yeah. this week. Um, you know, again, you know, work work visits. What are you going to do? They're, yeah, it is what it is. So got to pay the bills somehow, I guess. Somehow, yeah. It's just one of those things where, you know, the wife pregnant now, and now she's like, so I just left Utah, and then I had a week out. Though I'm back to, it's just like I'm not really there as much as I probably should be, but nah, I don't know. She's not a great tough timing. Yeah, she's a tough cookie. I think she is. And also, at least it's like pretty early on in things where like, right, it's not as urgent. Maybe I that's guess. not the right word, but. I'll go with it. I'll give you that. But, you know, where it's like, you know, she's not got a fucking watermelon in front of her yet you know don't, don't she's so pissed off <laughs> what are those things she's not looking forward to she's, oh i can't imagine how much that would suck. oh my god yeah it is just what it is anyway well you know like i said we found out it was a girl and yeah yeah all that other stuff it's oh, just you, you know you didn't tell me that that's oh awesome. shit oh yeah i did it was i think this week we found that out. yeah so it's gonna be a girl she won't let me name it egon so there's that but eh. You know. What did you really think she would, though? I, I mean, did, did. On, I'm not going to win the battle. <laughs> she goes, how about the issue is so diplomatic about it? She's like, how does this sound? She was like, I will wrap you in a tarp and dump you in the river. <laughs> well, in between <laughs> words, maybe. But she's like, how about I come up with a list of names and you can pick from that list? I'm like, oh, that's about as much as I'm going to get on this battle hill that I'm going to die on. So there's that. 
But anyway, in all you know, all fairness, I named my. I mean, you, you could know, name her Carrie. Oh, there you go. I thought about it. it crossed my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some good ones in there. I thought about Star Trek stuff. I got. I don't know. You know, it's just got to stick out. But you know, at least our wars right now. You know, as we get through some stuff. But um, but anyway, no, I appreciate me asking me, girl. I think uh, I do want to throw out there real quick. So we got a pretty cool episode. It's going to be a two parter on this one. Um, it took us a while to kind of put it together. We've been kind of kicking it around for a little bit, and we said, you know, we've kind of dabbled around the edges on this, but never really to find that and talk about the history of it. So it should be cool. So stand by listeners for that. Um, I will tell you, because I know you're not a horror guy, but I know a lot of the people listening to the show kind of are. So I checked out the new reboot, and I again, you may or may not know this, but uh, the new reboot of, of Hellraiser on Hulu. Did you know they were doing that? Uh, I just, I've been hearing some stuff about it and didn't, like, out of context, was like, why the fuck is anyone talking about this bullshit? <laughs> right. And then I saw like a couple of days ago that it was on Hulu. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how is it? Is it fun? Uh, it is fun. It's cool. I will be honest with you, and I'll be very, again, very transparent. I, I know no other way to be. You and I both. Um, you know, it's the typical. They try to wedge as much of the, what do they got? The new, you know, whatever's in our environment nowadays kind of into the movie. You know, like the new mm-hmm. trends and the new, all that other stuff, which is fine. But, you know, I felt like compared to the well, first one. It just kind of didn't really add to the story. It was like frivolous, I guess. But, yeah. You know, I mean, I guess you got to update the horny horror stuff. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's not all 80 slasher camp, you know, boobies floating in the woods type thing anymore. So, you know, go yeah, figure. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was good though. It was about, yeah, I'd say like 45 into it. You know, if you check it out, just uh, give it a chance. It's really, they really step up on um, bringing like the Cenobites and everything into it. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was cool. The, the wife and I actually liked it too, uh, which, you know, she's not really a horror fan. So for her to go, that wasn't bad. I was like, oh, okay. You're like, on. oh, that's as almost as, as good as you <laughs> saying 10 stars would watch again. Right, exactly. So I was like, all right, leave it be. You know, we got some of the stuff that's uh, popping out again, you know, that time of year. They got, uh, I got to say, a lot of things are, they're stepping up their games when they come to these uh, reboots and stuff like that. Kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I actually, I watched a couple of really good movies over the last week, mm-hmm. uh, too. Uh, welcome to um, Siskel and Ebert. But uh, <laughs> it was all streaming stuff. Like, I watched that Vengeance movie, finally. It's really fucking good. Vengeance. Like, What's that on? Uh I heard about Some, it. I it's think. streaming somewhere. I can't remember. Okay. Peacock. Peacock. Okay, um, I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it was uh, written and I believe produced or directed and starring uh, that BJ Novak dude that was on The Office. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, And it starts out really silly and kind of annoying. So like you got to stick with it for the first like five or sure, 10 sure. minutes. Yeah, yeah. And then it gets like really interesting and really weird there are a lot of twists and turns there's like points where you love the main character and points where you hate him um <laughs> always those and it's it's it, it was really good it was really well done like uh the hmm. dude is a writer that wants to have a podcast so that's i think part of why i thought it was really fucking funny <laughs> oh holy shit and no so, wait i i think i did see this is that one where he gets that st- not to give away too much but he ends up going to texas was it that one yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. we did watch it yeah it was pretty good yeah same yeah stick with it it gets it gets good towards the end. yeah the yeah, end yeah. is like holy shit but uh <laughs> know, right? through a lot of the movie you're just kind of like man this dude sucks but i kind of like him and then it's, like, it's a w- weird it it's yeah like, yeah Whoa, what the yeah. fuck yeah you didn't expect um, that shit to happen yeah it was pretty good yeah we, we checked that yeah out. yeah yeah 
Yeah, I, I watched it thinking it was going to be a comedy, and then it uh, turned out to be much more than just a comedy. Man, um, oh, well, okay, so there's, well, I'll save it maybe for part two, but there's another one that was supposed to be a comedy, and it really wasn't very funny. But I, because I dig like the horror comedy shows, if they do them right way. Yeah. Like Tucker and Carl, yeah. like Tucker and what is it? Tucker and God, it came out like yeah, 10, yeah. 10 the 12 years ago. The Tucker Killers. and Dale versus evil or yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was good. It was pretty funny. You know, shit like that. I enjoy, but you know, yeah. so we'll see. But anyway, you know, a lot of stuff to check out there as we uh, check them out. You know, I try to get in their old Twitter feed and, uh, you know, and throw it. Hey, just check this out. Da, 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 da. So if you guys are following, although now with the whole Elon Musk thing, eh, I don't know. Uh, Twitter might uh, not be in my wheelhouse anymore. We'll see what yeah, we'll see what uh, happens. I don't know. I'll be surprised if anything actually happens. I know. Out of all yeah. that, you know, it's, like I mean, I think he's going to have to buy it because he's already he kind of already a dipshit, right? Right. Um, but uh, I I would be surprised if he does much to actually change any of it and even then it's like it's fucking twitter dude I, exactly fucking exactly where, where are your moral grounds at really i mean shit it's not any worse than instagram or all these other fucker they made them for a reason so you know yeah i, anyway. I just kind of feel like actually maybe the electronic public square is not the best thing that's ever happened to our <laughs> civilization and i might want to so. get off of the social oh. medias but then again instagram's right. fun to look at right so. well and here's the thing we talk about it all the time you know i'm sure that we would have more of a following i'm sure that we'd be a little bit larger than we are we just you know we, we all of us hate hate social media i hate dealing with it but it's the nature of the beast when you're trying to promote and yeah you know it's a double-edged sword what are you gonna what are you gonna do you know so. i'm gonna continue to lurk Shane. are you That's okay gonna fair enough with. fair enough i might meander around social platforms not really dive into them i'll just continue doing that i, I think i'm fine with that uh that mode of transportation there so anyway indeed yeah yeah but uh man i don't know you got anything else you want to kind of jump into it a bit uh i would just say no. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. Very fair. You kept me on the edge of my seat, sir. I just got Yeah, I was you. like, I have a yeah, thing yeah. actually it can wait. <laughs> Perfect. Well, like I said before, uh we kind of kicked around that we've obviously we've talked about not really this history of it, but we've talked about like different groups and we've talked about cults and we've talked about these other things. But we really haven't talked about the history of occultism, you know, just as a norm. Um, kind of fascinating, actually, uh, how it happened. And, and really, there wasn't anything to it for a while till things kind of got together. But, yeah, so check this out. We're going to jump into it. Uh, there's always been a structure in place with our societies in regards to beliefs, which we know that, right? Uh, these beliefs wildly vary depending on the culture, everything from what the Greeks had in place as far as various gods to what Christianity has evolved and become for billions of people. When I say billions, I mean it because it seems to be the running um, club, I suppose, right? If you're going to put words into it. Uh, it's, it's one of the big three for sure. It's for sure. Know? Yeah, yeah. For, you know, like I said, you know, no, no, we, we digress, you know, for whatever it's cool. Uh, we as a species are naturally paranoid, especially when we don't understand what is happening around us. Uh, in the olden days, it could have been something as simple as a way of explaining thunder and lightning as we attach a story to it to help explain what is happening, which in turn makes us more comfortable and satisfied with our growth of knowledge. We actually explained it, so we feel better about ourselves as a whole. I mean, that's kind of society, right? We're social creatures in a weird way, and we like explaining shit. So, you know, there you go. However, yeah, I mean, you know. Oh, yeah, go like, ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I feel like religion is kind of the first form of government. You know, we've probably talked about it a few times. Absolutely. But like, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it, it's weird this came up kind of organically in a conversation I was having Saturday night 
uh, with oh, some yeah? friends. Um, yeah, where it was just like, for some reason, like this kind of shit came up, and we were just talking about it, and it was like, yeah, like the the priest would convince the war general that you know if you hurt me, then God's going to be mad at you. Right. Right. And then that's how like people got control over people that could hurt them mm-hmm. physically, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, no, and I that mean, goes back it, a long it, fucking time. It does. Yeah. And it's, it's like I said, I think once, you know, and again, we've talked about this once we, they figured out the hierarchy or the people in charge, let's say that they can control another group with fear or with whatever that is, you know, it wasn't far along between, you know, that's really politics in a weird way. You know, I mean, the two, yeah. two go hand in hand. So, you know, there you go. Yeah, point taken. Um, you know, nowadays, this practice continues uh, as we discuss it, albeit a little bit more science-based, hopefully for some of us, but not for all of us. Again, allegedly, there's people out there that still don't really look on the science much uh, and more intricate with a better use of knowledge and hopefully a firm grasp of it, uh, way more than our ancestors had thousands of years ago. Then there is a other side of belief. Those of us that uh, they're not or not or are not really satisfied with traditional belief systems that we have been told are the best for us to believe in, and these are the people that have and still do chase down a different structure of sorts. One that involves leaning more towards mystical knowledge and use of supernatural forces or beings to attain the said mystical knowledge. So such beliefs and practices, mainly magical and divinatory, uh, have occurred in all human societies throughout recorded history. Uh, with considerable variations, both in their nature and in the attitude of societies towards them. And and that, so, you know, we're not really going to go into detail, detail, detail with that. But, look, this shit has always been around. You know, it's always been whether yeah. they describe the stars, they see what's in the sky, they can't explain the water, whatever it is. And, and sometimes some of those things take a mystical turn rather than, you know, what we might have nowadays. It's just what it is. Um, which has usually led to these types of belief structures to be misunderstood feared, or outright banned by that society's hierarchy, which we've seen in history, and that has happened. So in case you haven't figured this all out yet, we are talking about occultism. It has been around for just as long, if not longer, than your run-of-the-mill religions or beliefs, like you said, the big three, and surprisingly actually became defined in fairly recent history, which was odd when we started researching this, uh, before there really wasn't a word attached to these practices to help explain or understand them. So join us as we fall down the rabbit hole of occultism. The history, some of the notable people behind it, and the variations it falls into, and a slew of fun facts, plus more, because it is pretty damn amazing of all the things that um, that have occurred with it. So, open the gates. And you gotta you gotta stop me, Josh, because I gotta be very careful on um, not bashing certain groups as we go through this. Because it's just—I was like, are you uh, uh, are you playing uh, audio? Are we waiting for something? This part's yours, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, with that being said, let's start here. So we'll kind of do training wheels on this one as we kind of branch out because there's a lot to be uh, kind of eat up here, um, and it does get a little bit deep. So the term occultism, we'll just start very basic, refers to an esoteric philosophy that seeks to uncover secrets of nature and human consciousness through spiritual practices such as meditation and ritual. Occultists believe that there are forces beyond our ordinary experience that can be assessed by means of rituals, ceremonies, and other methods, including the supernatural or, moreover, supernatural beings. 
Uh, in modern times, the term occult has come to mean any activity considered mysterious, magical, or supernatural. Um, but let's separate a couple things to make this a bit easier to swallow. So the whole idea of occult sciences, which we're going to kind of dive into first because they were the things that were classified first, um, and this is kind of where occultism really was born. Sure. You know, so occult sciences were developed in the 16th century, and the term usually included three different practices, really easy-peasy, astrology, alchemy, and natural magic, um, although sometimes various forms of divination were also included to kind of separate that practice from what natural magic was, which is kind of interesting. Um, these were grouped together because, according to the Dutch scholar, along with a bunch of other ones, uh, but this was a Dutch scholar of uh, hermeticism, uh, Wouter Heingroff. That's an interesting name. I hope um, I said that right. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. Probably close enough. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Sorry, nailed it. Sorry, my Dutchman. If we got you, if we did you dirty, but uh, anyway, uh, each of them engaged in a systematic investigation of nature and natural processes in the context of theoretical frameworks that relied heavily on a belief in occult qualities, hmm. uh, virtues of force. Uh, Heinegroff also summed up the idea of why they uh, practiced it saying occult sciences were essentially an attempt to adopt esotericism to the disenchanted world, which I think is super interesting in its own. Uh, Right. Yeah. 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 So this is in, in this regard, it's described as a post enlightenment society in which growing scientific discovery had eradicated the dimensions of, sorry, the quote dimension of, uh, irreducible mystery, unquote, previously present. In other words, hmm. as scientific discoveries were made, it took all the fucking fun out of believing in weird shit. <laughs> and honestly, that's uh, something that um, George Hansen talks about in the Trickster and the Paranormal a lot. Oh, of, he did bring about, that yeah, yeah, how like a big part of like um, deconstruction and things like that is, is kind of like taking the magic out of the world, trying to take the weird out of the world Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and how that just kind of actually ends up making it weirder. It, I no, I totally get that. I forgot that he had mentioned that, and and that's hundred percent true. It's just weird, and even if you look at it like this, like you know, you're a kid and you're fascinated by things you don't understand, and they're just awesome, and then all of a sudden, some ass grown up comes up and explains it to you, and you're like, oh, well, shit. I guess Santa Claus sucks now. I mean, yeah, it's the same thing. Fuck you know? the roly polies. I guess they're not that cool. Yeah, exactly. You know, can I still leave my tooth underneath the pillow because I still kind of want money? But you know. I'll try, tend to believe. Or should I, I just to. take it out of your fucking wallet? Dad? <laughs> right, exactly. So, no, I totally get that. I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, I think that's the nature of the beast just as we evolve, I guess, as, as human beings in society. But at the flip side, it sucks, right? I mean, it sucks because now you got regular shit and everyday stuff in front of you and there's no mystical, there's no, you know, the wizard behind the curtain anymore type thing. But, yeah, you know. Anyway, um, although there are areas of overlap between these two uh, different occult sciences, just as in regular science, they are separate and in some cases practitioners of one occult science would completely blow off or reject others as being legitimate, which, again, here we are as human beings. Sounds um, about like the paranormal <laughs> community these days. Uh, yeah, know. exactly. Which, you know, and, and I, well, I digress. I, I might cover this later on, but yeah. Anyway, it's more bitch than anything. Um, but this changed a bit during the Age of Enlightenment. Uh, occultism increasingly came to be seen as not on the same mainframe with the concept of science. From that point on, use of occult sciences, quote-unquote, became a no-no as far as philosophers in the mainstream were concerned, 
and was driven into the shadows and shunned, just like a redheaded stepchild. I apologize to any redheaded stepchildren. I don't know anybody on my side, but, you know, if there are any out there, it's just a phrase. So, anyway, cool. Gingers be soulless <laughs> or something. Say. Yeah, whatever. Uh, and, like, honestly, this reminds me a lot, too, of um, of how science was, like, around the turn of the century, like, uh coming out of the enlightenment and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. around uh, the turn of like the uh, 19th into the 20th century and stuff. When, when science used to be a little more esoteric itself, right. Oh, 100%. you know, like thinking about Frankenstein and like uh, all the weird Victorian era stuff they were doing with electricity, you know, thinking they could bring reanimate corpses and shit. And like, I kind of miss science being like a little bit mystical, you know? Yeah. Well, and even go further back than that. You know, if you look at like when we first had what we call medicine, you know, fuck, we didn't right. know what it was at all. So we're going book, you know, there's a lot of doctors that slash were barbers too, or the local yeah. butcher. And they were just trying to, you know, read through books and Hey, this herb might do this and up. Oh, don't make them drink that because they die in two days. I mean, yeah. <laughs> This is a problem with, you know, great knowledge is a great thing, but, you know, you have to work through it. And eh, I guess at the end of the day, some eggs get broken in that mix. So, you know, there's that. All right, Shane, I've got a fun fact for you. Um, You may or may not have heard words such as esoteric and esotericism being thrown around a bit. So let's define these terms. Mm -hmm. Esotericism refers to the knowledge that is secret or not generally known. Uh, it is knowledge suitable for uh, suitable only for the advanced, privileged, or initiated, or knowledge of an inner "quote unquote" occult <clears throat> and spiritual viewpoint. Historically, hmm. esoteric knowledge generally described knowledge uh, kept secret from outsiders by certain select groups, such as Freemasons or magical orders. Uh, either for reasons of exclusivity because you're, or just because you're not worthy enough for their boys club um, or simply to protect themselves against prejudice, uh, which is really either fucking or. funny. Cause I, I just picture these fucking nerds being nerds and magic back in the day. Yeah. 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 And like, no, yeah. oh, you can't come in. No, ma'am. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I mean, isn't that with the Freemasons? I mean, or any of the groups out there, but I mean, really, they're just the, the boys' clubs, right? I mean, you know, you got a group of people that, and granted, maybe some were a little bit more knowledgeable than others, or they had a little bit more, you know, rules and regulations. I, I, I don't know. I just it always fascinated me by these uh, <laughs> these groups that that've been around forever. You know. Well, I want to borrow a phrase from uh, my buddy Adam Sherlock. Shout out to Deep dive film school podcast um cool but he would always tell me like when we would talk about weird shit like this and just like about the way knowledge is distributed in society in general because he like works uh he works with kids helping them like develop skills to uh to work in today's media environment basically right like oh, okay yeah um, yeah uh, like that's a big part of his job. He's kind of, he's basically a teacher, but not really a teacher. Um, anyway, uh, like the program he works with, that's what it's focused on is like helping underprivileged and at risk youth, uh, develop skills to like make short films and do like, oh, you know, cool. yeah, something, something on the artist side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he always would talk about, um, the guardians of the sacred knowledge on the hill 
kind of a thing. I think I butchered how he explained it to me, but it's like basically uh, it's, it's another form of control of like, we are the gatekeepers of knowledge. And if you want to learn the things you want to learn, then you have to come to us and do what we tell you to do so that we'll give you this knowledge. Right. And like, that's not like what his program does at all. But when we were talking about it, that would come up from time to time about how that's like how education has traditionally been like, even, you know, going to schools, you don't always get to learn what you want to learn, you know? Oh, yeah, sure, for sure. Whatever they're going to feed down your throats, you know, whatever the, yeah. the, the criteria is or, yeah, yeah, no, I totally get that. Well, and it can, t- yeah, and again, you know, you take the weirdness out of it, it's still, like you said, it's the same thing when you, how knowledge is passed around, you know, I mean, sometimes yeah. you really got to look for it and you got to talk the right person to find it and uh, I don't know. Well, and especially when you are talking about stuff that people consider secret and powerful and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm doing massive air quotes uh, which yeah. the listeners cannot see, but um, <laughs> I saw them though, man. But you know what I mean? It's, it's weird how it's like that. Like, Oh yeah, this is, this is dangerous knowing. So and what's weird is this you not going to change kind of shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 It's just, yeah. Fucking crazy. Uh, anyway, uh, more recently as occult and mystical teachings have become more publicly available due to the magic of the internet. Thank God. Um, Thanks, Al Gore. Uh, (laughs) Another sense of the esoteric has become more prominent. Uh, That which is complex and difficult to grasp, except by the few who are more perceptive or aware. In Western English-speaking societies today, the term esotericism is commonly used in the sense of, quote-unquote, the occult, though it carries fewer connotations and... uh, or sorry, it's it. Esotericism is less like looked down upon Nowadays, as occultism yeah. because a long time ago they mean essentially the same thing. I think we're going to get into that in a little bit, but mm-hmm. like uh, they mean essentially the same thing. It's just hidden knowledge, right? Yeah. yeah um, at the end of the day, but occultism, I I want to say because the word cult is in it has gotten scooped up by satanic panic type shit. You know what yeah, I mean? So 100%. it's hundred percent. Yep. It seems it's got like that weird connotation, even though like the root of the word is Oculus, which is your eyeballs, which again, it means hidden. Um, Anyway, uh, nothing, nothing weird or satanic or demonic about the word, but it's just sounds spooky. Yeah. So it gets, and and, and it got lumped in connotation and and we're going to talk about that a little bit. I mean, yeah, you know, because it has the word cult and then you think it cults and you groups and yeah, it just, it just really has a shitty rap, you know, of course, and you know, what's opposite of God and Christianity? Well, the other side. And so right. anyway, you know, we'll kind of go into a little bit, but I, as you listeners can easily resolve, I would say using the word like esoteric or esotericism is a lot more friendlier, I guess. So, you know, completely. But, which, uh, which is funny to me. It I is know, because I think, It's fucking like, cool. Esoteric is hard to spell. Let's fucking go with that one. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get Kick it. Either. I don't get it. Whatever. Anyway, uh, uh, so the descriptive term esoteric has come to mean any knowledge that is difficult to understand or remember, such as theoretical physics. Uh, so, you know, this is why you will hear you will often hear the words occultism and esotericism uh, kind of being used interchangeably. Um you know, so just 
understand that we understand that there's a difference between the two terms, but also they're interchangeable at the same right, time. Right. Cause English is a weird fucked up fun language. <laughs> Don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, uh, back to the story. Uh, so we've explained occult sciences a bit, uh, but what about occultism? Mm. Um, Anton Favre, Favre. Nailed it. I don't want a leader. I don't want a large Favre. I want a leader of cola. Anyway, Anton, I don't want a large Favre. I want a leader of Favre, who was a French scholar or Western of Western esotericism, described occultism as, and I quote, an intellectual movement that began in the second half of the 18th century and reached its peak around 1850 uh, when it became a dominant force in European culture. So he, the, his, he's looking at like about a hundred years right there. Yeah, exactly. Of, yeah. 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 Um, like we, but we paint yeah, some, yeah, we paint some uh, time frames around this as we go. Uh, we are going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and talk more about the cult, and uh, actually start getting into some of the uh, the more famous groups that were attached to it. Uh, so it kind of gets fun from here. So stand by, like everybody. the cult. No, like not the band, the cult. I never really was a big fan. Anyway, yeah, stand by, really? everybody. <laughs> I would have thought you would have liked it. Yeah. Believe in UFOs? Felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain? Contemplate the other side of reality? Do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense? Well look no further than Strange Uncles. Find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801-252-6945. Open the gates. All right, and we are back. Um, cult of woman. Is that right? No. God, this is going to drive me crazy now. No, something woman. No, something no, no, woman. No, 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 There's something it was, woman. Uh, fuck, I can hear the song in my head, but I, I can't, can't think of the lyrics of the title, but it's like, me, me, to me. you. Yeah, here we go. Uh, we'll figure it out. Anyway, so here we go. Uh, and holy shit, you know, you talk about it kind of becoming a dominant force in the European culture and among other places. And we're not going to, you know, forget about America, but holy shit, it did. I mean, it's crazy. Um, so he argued that occultism was a distinctly modern phenomenon and that it differed significantly from previous esoteric movements, uh, such as Hermetism or Rosicrucianism. Oh, God, that's a big word. Rosicrucianism. Um, anyway, so fun fact with that. So, above we mentioned quickly these two older esoteric movements that are worth explaining. So, first on the list, we talk about Hermeticism. Uh, Hermeticism, uh, also called Hermeticism, short, Jesus, short, comprises beliefs and practices whose purpose is, (laughs) drives me crazy, these words, is the influencing of the world by means of contact with the heavenly forces. So, the Hermetic tradition is based uh, primarily upon pseudo typographical writings attributed to Hermes Trismegistus. Uh, these writings have greatly influenced Western esoteric tradition and were considered to be of the great importance during both the Renaissance and the Reformation. So the tradition claims uh, descent from a Prisca theological 
uh, a doctrine which affirms that a single true theology exists, which is present in all religions, and was given by God to man in antiquity. Many Christian writers considered Hermes Trismiscus uh, to be a wise pagan prophet who foresaw the coming of Christianity. An account of how he received the name Thrice Great is derived uh, from the Emerald Tablet of Hermes Trismiscus, again the same name, uh, wherein it is stated that he knew the three parts of wisdom of the whole universe. The whole universe. God, that guy'd follow him around for a day. Um, uh, <laughs> what? what? What did you what What did you just say? All of that sounded like a lot of words. It, yeah, no, there's <laughs> there's a lot. Trust me, sounded and, like and, a lot of words. Folks. That talk about how uh, pretty much all religions say the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, really, at the end of the day, yeah. Thank you. So, anyway, the three parts of the wisdom are alchemy, astrology, and theology. Uh, next up, we have Rosicrucianism. Um, these these were and still in smaller form. There's not a lot of them around nowadays. Uh, but a spiritual and cultural movement that rose in Europe in the early 17th century after the publication of several texts purported to announce the existence of an unknown esoteric order to the world and made seeking its knowledge attractive to quite a few. So the mistress doctrine of the order is, quote, built on esoteric truths of the ancient past, which... Concealed from the average man, provide insight into nature, the physical universe, and the spiritual realm. All that shit sounds awesome, personally. I'm just saying, I don't know why you know these things died out. Uh, anyway, the manifestos do not elaborate in detail on the matter, but clearly combine references to Kabbalah, Hermeticism, uh, alchemy, and Christian mysticism. Uh, so there's that. And yes, if you're asking about the Christian mysticism, it is a thing. And just like yeah, oh, yeah. Kabbalah. Yeah. Yeah, for the Jew uh, for the Jewish tradition. I mean, the Kabbalah is the the mystical side of the Jewish tradition and and it's fucking fascinating if you actually get down the road in that. Um it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, all of them have one. I want to say it's uh um and I am very open to corrections on this, but I want to say it, it's the uh Sufi sect of Islam that's the mysticism I think of, that's right of that religion also like yeah yeah I mean if you think about it religions are kind of mystical anyway because right, we're talking right. about God and hell and demons and shit yeah um but but yeah uh all of them that take themselves very seriously also have like branches that are like into woo-woo shit that's more woo-woo than I, I mean, I, exactly. And, you know, think about it. Even with Mormon religion, if you really delve deep in the Mormon religion, there's a lot of mystical crap in there, too. I mean, you know, yeah. you get your own planet, you get your, I mean, there's some things that are just, you know, and, and who's to say, if you were like, you had no religion at all, if you're born in a cave and all you knew was a tree that was in front of the cave, and all of a sudden you got yourself a hold of some books that washed up on the shores, whatever have you, and they talked about God and Jesus and Moses and tablets and the burning bush, wouldn't you think that was just some crazy shit on its own? But it's fine nowadays. Like, that's just Christianity. You know, it's just, it's how you look at it, it's viewpoints. So it's a good time. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, it definitely did not cause the deaths of thousands, if not millions, millions of, people. of people. Anyway. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we got to be careful. Anyway, moving on. So moving, moving on. on. So now <laughs> we should mention here that there were some very early cultist groups uh, that were not really known due to how old they were. And the record keeping wasn't necessarily a priority back in, you know, way back in the day. Um, but we need to mention because they are warranted because you will stumble on them when you, uh, if you decide to kind of study occultism and, and its background. Um, the heresy of the free spirits, 
Cathalers and Manichism were belief systems that developed between 1300 and 1700 in opposition to Christianity, direct opposition, might I add, to Christianity. Um, the Sufis of Seville, uh, Spain, began the heresy of the free spirits who roamed Europe in the 13th and 14th centuries, preaching free love, rejecting conventional morality, and encouraging a mystical union with God. So, yeah. Bam. Sounds Sufis, kind of fun. That's what I was talking about. Right? Anyway. It was, too. Uh, the <laughs> Cathars believed that the heart and mind could only know God, and therefore it was impossible to sin with a physical body. So I kind of yeah, like that group right. there, yeah. I'm, I'm for that. Why'd that die out? Uh, Manichism uh, is a dual, dualistic philosophy dividing the world between good and evil principles. Uh, Gnostic groups such as uh, the Bogomils and the Abagentians that formed in the southern eastern Europe modified Manichean sources and preached a dualistic philosophy. Uh, they were popular between the 10th and 15th centuries in the Balkan area, and the Albigensians were considered heretics in the southern France during the 12th and 13th centuries. So that was a bit ago. Both of these groups were heavily persecuted by the dominant culture, as one can imagine. So oh, weird. that's probably why we don't hear of them as of late. They were killed. So there's oh that. that kind of persecuted, not just canceled mm. on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not I, I'm unfollowing this group. I, I, <laughs> I don't believe what they say at all. So help, I've been canceled. <laughs> anyway, but I mean, just uh, weird shit. That's a that's a bit ago. I mean, anyway, yeah, cool. cool yeah, cool. man, the so. 12th and 13th centuries. That's like we're talking almost a thousand years ago. Yep, yep, for sure. So anyway. All right. Before I get into this part, uh, I just want to apologize to anyone who even remotely speaks French or has a French accent. Um, <laughs> Dude, I, I just took... butchered my whole fucking script. <laughs> I don't know why. En français, s'il vous plaît. Uh, I took French in high school, but uh, I never could get the accent right. So be prepared to have your ears murdered if you understand what <laughs> this is supposed to sound like. Anyway. Uh, the earliest known usage of the term occultism is in the French language as l'occultisme. Uh, it came from an article that was published by A. de la Strange in Jean-Baptiste Richard de Randonvier. Wow. Uh, I'm impressed, sir. Dictionary de Mos Nouveau. Uh, nouveau, sorry. Got that right. Um, or way fucking easier, uh, Dictionary of New Words. Why didn't you just <laughs> say that in the beginning? I don't understand. Uh, well, I had to read that part to get to that part, oh, so gotcha, uh, gotcha. that's your fault. Yeah, it totally um, is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was in 1842. In 1853, uh, the Freemasonic Jean-Marie Rejean had already used occultisme in his popular work. This is going to be a bit. <laughs> Masonnerie occulte, uh, relating to its earlier practices that uh, since since the Renaissance had been termed uh, occult sciences or occult philosophy, but also to the recent socialist teachings of Charles Fourier, a uh, French esotericist. Uh, this one, I don't know what this accent mark means, but uh, Eliphas Levy nailed it. Then used the term in his influential book on ritual magic, uh, Dogme et Rituel de la Haute Magie, 
uh, first published in 1856. So <laughs> due to the influence of these writings, the term occultism emerged in 19th century France, where it came to be associated with various French esoteric groups connected to uh, Elphias Levi Papas. Damn, he got a pope thrown or daddy or something thrown. Yeah, yeah, that's why I saw that. Yeah, interesting. Um, Meanwhile, the earliest use of the term occultism in the English language appears to be in a few questions to Heroff in 1875 article published in the American Spiritualist magazine Spiritual Scientist. Oh, that's the article. Man, spiritualism was such a fucking trip. Dude, I'll um, tell you what. <laughs> the article was actually written by Helen Blavatsky, uh, which we will touch on later. Uh, she's quite the character. I'm kind of actually surprised we haven't I, I am done too. some I mean, episodes on her. For um, sure, for sure. Yeah, she's got... Uh, yeah, it's crazy. She's a weird, weird person um, mm-hmm. and inspired a lot of people to do good and bad things. Some very bad. Very um, interesting you said that because you're, uh, that you took words out of my mouth. It, it wasn't all bad. I think there was a lot of good mixed in there too, but it's perception, right? And so... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, if I remember right, she had some hand in like the Tula Society or something like that yeah, that like yeah. led to Nazism. So that's cool. Uh-huh. Um, this article was actually written by Helen Blavatsky, uh, which again, we'll touch on later i love repeating myself um occultism is thus often used to categorize popular esoteric traditions such as spiritualism theosophy anthroposophy and uh the hermetic order of the golden dawn new age and of course the list goes on from there um but those are the big four um they're the ones we're gonna talk about uh they play a major role in the evolution of what occultism would become so to break up the monotony, uh, let's do a quick dive into these big four to help paint a picture of why they landed uh, into occultism besides the history of these practices, as well as many smaller ones or branch offs. Uh, it's a it's a it's a trip. It is. So here's what's really fun, too. And and again, we're going to find a place here to break off in part two. But let's dive into some of these groups a bit. Um, again, the big four you talk about. Uh, and, and I'll say it as we go through here. But the whole spiritualism, holy shit, dude. It fascinates me. It fascinates me how it caught on, how it, it, and it ran rapid. Like it was, it was just crazy. It was all of a sudden. Well, and like it stayed thing. popular forever despite yeah. like it being publicly debunked a shitload of the time, you know? I mean, I guess like ghost adventurers, ghost hunters, ghost hunters, international. Yeah. 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 Whatever the hell fucking TV. Right. Redneck demon hunters, like whatever. Yeah. All, all that shit still going. You don't give anybody any ideas for shows. Cause I'm bunk, just saying but, that that's probably a good idea. Um, you know, what, what's fascinating too, and we don't really have this in, in the write up, but when we talk about spiritualism, one of the biggest debunkers was Houdini. And he yeah. absolutely was just like, no, no, these guys are charlatans. They're not telling you what's real. Like he went beyond efforts to try to completely debunk him, disprove him. He traveled the country trying to completely dismerge all these uh, mediums and everything they were doing. Um, almost as much as this whole match gag. Like he took more time because he was upset because his mother had died and he had went to a medium. And it just did not satisfy him because he knew there's no way they were in contact with his mother. And it just pissed him off enough to make this crusade for like 12 years. 
you know, that is a whole nother thing, but uh, well, yeah. And like a big proponent was Mary Todd Lincoln who, Oh yeah, uh, for sure. Was trying to talk to her dead son. Yep. 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 A lot of stuff to it. So um, let's go ahead and do this one here. We'll talk about spiritualism as we move into part two on this, because uh, again, fascinating. Uh, Spiritualism is a metaphysical school of thought that one can not only speak to the dead, but the dead can provide insight and guidance from beyond the grave. In the 19th century, spiritualism became a huge social religious movement that ran rampant, not only in Europe, but in the United States as well. Uh, The afterlife, or, quote, the spirit world, is seen by spiritualists not as a static place, but as one in which spirits continue to evolve. These beliefs that contact with spirits is is very possible and plausible, and that spirits are more advanced than humans, led spiritualists to a third belief. Wait for it. Are you sitting down? Listen to this one. Uh, Yes, I am, actually. (laughs) That spirits are capable of providing useful insight regarding moral and ethical issues, as well as about the nature of God. Some spiritists will speak of a concept which they refer to as spirit guides, which I'm sure you've heard that term. I've heard it most of my life. Or specific spirits, often contacted, or relied upon for guidance, life decisions, what kind of bread to buy, fucking everything. The list goes on. Like, what people went to them to ask for is insane. Uh, it just, it's crazy. Yeah. When, if someone ever says spirit guides to me and they're serious, I'm like, I am no longer listening. <laughs> I'm going to walk in this direction. <laughs> it's Well, you know, what's very funny is that in Christianity, you hear that term a lot. It's oh. just, it's, it's how they view. They don't view Are it. Are you as talking like about some, a still small voice? My guy, you talk, uh, talking yeah, about yeah. the Holy spirit. Yep, the Holy, the Holy Ghost? spirit. Yep. 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 Very, but Oh, heaven forbid. That's nothing about what that. It's nothing to do with what we're talking about. Yeah, but about that's here. like one dude. All right, that's not a bunch of spirit guides who probably uh, like don't yeah. even have like committee meetings and shit. I don't know. <laughs> they get together. They're so fuck. They're just not organized. I don't understand this union whatsoever. So, um, what are the dues? What are the dues? So we do want to mention this guy here. Uh, he was very influential in spiritualism. His name was Emanuel Swedenborg. Uh, is usually known to be the father of spiritualism. Swedenborg had a pretty amazing career, to say the least. Uh, and actually, shit, this guy did. I heard his name, but didn't really know that it went this far. Uh, he started life as an inventor and scientist, but then things turned weird in 1741 at the age of 53 as he entered a spiritual phase and began to experience dreams and visions, notably on Easter weekend in 1744. His experiences culminated in a spiritual awakening, quote-unquote, the likes that no one has ever seen, and in the last 28 years of his life, wrote 18 published theological works and several more that remain unpublished. Spiritualism flourished for half a century without any formal organization, attaining cohesion through pure articles, tours by trance lectures, camp meetings, and the missionary activities of accomplished mediums, which just, in you know, think about it, man. There's no social media. There's no... Like this ran rampant with just word of mouth and these people that, and, and how big it got, how quick it got. I think that's what fascinates me about the whole, this whole movement, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I think that's one fascinating, fascinating aspect about it, but I think that there are a lot of fascinating aspects about it actually uh, go on. Oh, by all means, I will. Thank you, sir. Uh, Many prominent spiritualists were women and, like most spiritualists, supported causes such as the uh, abolition of slavery and women's suffrage. So what's cool about this movement is a byproduct of just knowing that slavery, suffering, and holding someone down in society because of what's between their legs is just fucking bad. It's just not good. That's not how you get forward in society, right? And it's so weird that people 
that are either charlatans for the most part or being taken in by charlatans have this as they're doing good shit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. You know what I mean? They did. They did. They went hand in hand. They look, no, this is fucking bad. Oh, by the way, look at that floating trumpet in the sky that I just, just appear. It's just fucking crazy. Is ectoplasm from my body. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, By the late 1880s, the credibility of the informal movement had weakened due to accusations of fraud perpetrated by mediums, which like you said, you know, here we are and we still have it. A very good example, if you remember the Fox sisters, right? I sure do. They were a very prime example of, well, although some people will argue to this day that uh, they weren't, they weren't faking it. That there actually was a spirit that did this and did that. Although, but they, they themselves said they were. They did it, so. at the very end of it. Yeah, even the sisters like, nope, that's what we did. So, anyway, um, and formal spiritualist organizations began to appear. So, spiritualism developed and reached its peak growth in membership from the 1840s to the 1920s, especially in English-speaking countries. By 1897, spiritualism was said to have more than eight million million, mind you, followers. The United States and Europe, mostly drawn from the middle and upper classes. So just to clarify, I want to throw this little tidbit out here. And I, I've heard about this a long time ago, but I forgot that the two are different. Um, don't confuse spiritualism with spiritism. Uh, the two are completely not even the same. So spiritism, a branch of spiritualism developed by Alan Kardec, a today practiced mostly in continental Europe, uh, in Latin America, especially in Brazil, evidently, emphasizes reincarnation more than anything. So it's different hmm. from what spiritualism may be. And it's funny because this That's Alan Kardec guy was a devout uh, spiritualist that was part of these groups. And he just decided, kind of like, okay, I don't want to be a Catholic anymore. I'm going to go become Lutheran. I mean, that's what he did, basically. You know, anyway. Sure. Um, one last quick note. So we do want to mention some stuff like this when we wrap up part one of this episode. Uh, if you have not listened to episode two in season four, where we had on Mira Patassin. Remember her? Remember you? Oh, yeah, her? yeah. Holy shit, dude. So she's author of The Inbetweens, The Spiritualist, Mediums, and Legends of Cap Etna. Then you're missing out if you didn't hear that episode. Again, that uh, is season, let me see if I said that right. Season four, we had her on. It was episode two. Um, she had written this book. She had actually went out to Cap Edna and interviewed these uh, these people that were from all walks of life. And this is what they do. Like every summer, they do this camp. And so yeah, spiritualism it's, it's is- not dead and gone. No. Like there are no. people that still believe in it and still like do it. Yeah, 100%. Which, yeah. I think it's I think really it's interesting cool. because uh, – it sounded like when we talked to her too that like kind of the uh, charlatanism is a little bit gone from it, you know? Right. Well, and like and, it's it's more like people just getting together who think it's interesting and trying it out, and less like someone who's like, I can speak to your dead relatives. <laughs> well, and here's you a know? flip side to it too. I think a lot of the fake bullshit is really in, on TV. It's not these camps. Yeah. It's not these groups that are around that people will, you know, they'll wait all year long to go travel halfway across the country or a different country uh, to go see. Um, but, you know, it's it's a media. Again, you, know, you go back to these, you know, the, the Long Island medium and all this other yeah. shit. Just come on, guys. Anyway. Anyway, and she does she does call that out. But really, really great book, number one. Again, it's called The In-Betweens. Um, pick it up. Really worth uh, recommending for sure. Um 
And it's really neat just how she did it. There's another one too that I want to mention. Uh, and I always want to have the guy on. He's just, he's too big for us. But anyway, another great book is uh, one called The History of Ghosts The True Story of Seances, Mediums, Ghosts, and Ghostbusters. And so if you caught that last one, yes, it actually was written by Peter Ackroyd, who is Dan Ackroyd's dad. Um, so as weird as that sounds and kind of like hokey bokey, evidently for those of you who kind of know Dan Ackroyd's background, like he's been avid into ghosts and UFOs and all this, his whole life, like his whole life. He grew up in Canada. Well, this is why, because his dad, Peter would actually sneak uh, down the stairs and watch seances that his dad, who was a dentist slash seance guy <laughs> would put on slash surgeon slash barger yeah. Barber slash yeah crazy and he'd sneak down he'd, he'd listen to these seances that his dad would do in this in their old uh canadian farmhouse which actually dan still lives in um just really really cool good book it kind of really lays it out i think the ford's written actually written by dan um so you know check that out and lastly on this whole thing um just want to throw a note out there so don't think we're promoting that we think spiritualism is a bona fide science. I mean, you know, we see all the time psychics and mediums that are caught red-handed, lying to some fucking schmuck that, you know, it's just emptying their wallet to hear some peace of mind that their grandma's okay. Like, it's really shitty, honestly. And, you know, the charlatans are thick as thieves. They always will be, um, even in today's environment. But like you said, Josh, I think, you know, you talk about the camps, you talk about how there's still a resurgent here, and there's a lot of people that get a lot of positive enforcement from spiritualism, and not the bullshit that's on TV. So, you know, it's just, it's fascinating in its own own right. But we just want to kind of put that out there. You know, we're not going to tell you run out and become a spiritualist. But it at the same time, it is pretty, it is pretty fascinating. So, you know, there's that. Yeah, I mean, I would say, yeah. like, you know, be careful who you give your money to, especially for what. But oh, for also, sure. like, yeah. nobody fucking knows everything. Go no. out and trust some shit out man yeah exactly it's by life experiences especially now with technology you know you're god we're in a in a place where you absolutely anybody can have that option to do it's a lot better than it was 100 years ago or 500 years ago where you were trying to search for this knowledge but at the same time it because of technology it's gotten really convoluted and in the end of part two we'll talk a little bit about that but um we're gonna excuse me we're gonna end part one um, again, we want to cover these these big four groups that we talked about, and so we're going to return next week and continue those, and then just kind of a wrap up of, of kind of where the timeline and chronological has taken occultism and, and kind of where it's at. But so far, dude, like I said, these groups like spiritualism and the old ones, the the heretics and all this, I, I don't know. The whole thing's fascinating. The whole thing's fascinating. You know, so uh, we are going to, well, I guess socials. How are we looking on socials? Oh, yeah, we have those, um, <laughs> I think. Uh, you can find us at Strange Uncles Podcast on Facebook and Instagrams. You can find us at Strange Uncles on Twitter. Uh, fuck, maybe I'll make a Strange Uncles LinkedIn. Who fucking knows? Um, <laughs> we have... Uh, we have a YouTube channel. One of these days, we're going to do some shit with that. But, I've, I've been uh, dabbling. For, I've been dabbling. For now. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what we got. So For now, it's mostly just like uh, another place to listen to the podcast, but we want to like make some more uh, spe- specific content to that channel eventually. We'll, yep. we'll get around to it when we get around to it. As yep. you could tell from the banter at the beginning, work sucks. Yeah, yeah. I know. Life, life's in the way, for sure. Yeah. Well, so we'll, we'll yeah. do it when we can. But. Yeah. And with that being oh. said, oh, go ahead. And patreon.com slash strange give us your money. There you go. 
that's yeah yeah i just might as well have a hat out in the sidewalk i feel but pretty much uh, yeah. <laughs> with that being said uh you know if you have any input about uh, this episode any other episode uh things to add to it things we don't know about spiritualism or you know old occulty stuff way back when maybe a group that uh you think is fascinating that we just maybe you know we didn't we kind of browsed over um, by all means you can write us at strange uncles at gmail.com you can call us at 801-252-69 if we were on call us on our shit 45 and let us know see what uh see what we can get from you guys from there if not um that's all we got we're gonna wrap up this part one we'll come up with part two and uh yeah man as always uh it's been good and yeah i probably won't see you till i fly to ohio but we'll uh we'll go from there so nope tracks them sclounced yep 100 all right everybody uh close the gates